Everyone, welcome back to Kicks and Picks. You may have noticed it's Steve leading for the second week in a row. Nick, again, nowhere to be found, Scotty. I think he's just running away from bad bets. I don't know. Yeah, he's, I mean, I would suspend him, but I think that just helps him at this point because he's been a no-show for two weeks running, and this week we didn't even get picks from him. So we may actually have to have somebody in, in South Florida do a wellness check on him because I'm getting a little concerned. And and the Panthers aren't even playing. Like, we last yeah, week we were I mean, saying they might be done that night, and God, God bless they're in the second round, but they're not playing tonight. Yeah, the, well, the Panthers is a different story because those guys, uh, I did the, the uh, Martindale system with uh, – the Bruins. So I put a unit down on them when they were up, you know, three, one lost that one. So I put two units down on uh, when they were three, two lost that one. So I went four units game seven and they lost that one. So <laughs> the Bruins owe me seven <laughs> units and Nick owes me an episode of podcasting at the very least. The jinx, the, the reverse jinx from, from you. So we're going to do it without Nick. We have to open with the team we talked about last week, Scott, Chelsea, another Big loss this time to Arsenal 3-1. They were down a couple goals early. So uh, there was actually a tweet put out by ESPN FC asking how many points Chelsea will pick up in their last four matches. So I put out a poll with our pod account, and uh, we got quite a few votes. We got over almost 9,000 votes, so 8,735 people voted in this poll, Scott. I asked, looking like a very likely under four points, what's everyone think? And we had 44.4% of those voters say zero points for Chelsea. And this is a stretch that has Nottingham Forest at home, City away, United away, and Newcastle at home. Um, The next option was one to three points, basically a draw or a couple draws and a win. And we got 48.7%. That was the winner. Uh, Between four and seven points, maybe they get a few results somehow. And we got 4.7%. And there's a few optimistic Chelsea fans out there, I guess who voted for the 8 to 12 range, since Twitter only gave me four options, those are the ranges I put in there. Pretty much everybody, almost 90, I think it's exactly 97%, uh, 93% of people said basically three points or less. Yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, for the record, I was in on one point. I think they might get a point out of Forest, and that's it. Um they definitely aren't getting it. They aren't getting anything out of city and, and United. Um, I think unfortunately for them, they play city a little bit too early. So it's like city still haven't quite guaranteed the title by the time they get city. So they're going to have to play uh, a strong lineup regardless. If they got city in the last week, then maybe city is kind of taking the foot off the pedal and they're focusing on champions league final at that point. Um, so I, they're not getting anything out of the Manchester clubs, Newcastle, unlikely standings right unlikely yeah but again at that point newcastle they're still going to be playing for 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 pride as much as anything like yeah you know they don't have anything else after the game on may 28th that's it so there's nothing for them to save players for um so uh i don't know one point seems to be the the absolute best case scenario in my opinion yeah, they do have one match this weekend against Bournemouth before that. I guess ESPN was just referencing that tough stretch. They have to close it out. Um, so they they could get also points in that. Maybe they could write the ship before Forrest to kind of get themselves on track and try to get a win at, at Forrest. But yeah, I'm, I I put it out there. I, I don't think they get more than four out of that, that four-match stretch. And I think it would have to require getting three against Forrest and maybe drawing Newcastle or something. So, Coach, I, I don't – we didn't prep this ahead of time, so I'm just going to play this by ear. But um, in the month of April – Chelsea played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches, seven games between Premier League and Champions League. So they played Real Madrid, right? How many goals do you think they scored in those seven matches combined? I would say 
less than a goal a match. It, it was exactly one goal. So seven for goals. all seven. No, no, no. Wow. One goal. Oh, what? One goal. One goal. All seven. The one they scored against Arsenal, or oh, that didn't count. Brighton. That was May, right? It was Brighton. Yep. That, Brighton. One goal. The one goal. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I saw on Twitter they were doing like a, a little compilation of like you know Chelsea's best team goal, Chelsea's best individual goal, Chelsea's like most dramatic finish or <laughs> most dramatic goal, and it's just the same Connor Gallagher. And it wasn't even a good goal. It's like a Connor Gallagher hits a shot and it was a deflection off of one of the Brighton defenders, and it kind of loops oh, in over the keeper. Um, I knew they had so, yeah. one, but wow, I yeah. thought they would have scored a, at least a few goals. One goal in seven matches. Unbelievable. That's, I mean, that is almost more astounding than the the streak that Aston Villa had where they had at least one goal in like 13 straight matches. Like I, yeah, I almost it's... think not scoring one is it, over a course of like whatever, five or six matches is a lot harder than doing what Aston Villa did. Yeah, that that is that is difficult, man, especially... You think about how much money they spent on that roster and it's to not unbelievable. Even score more than one goal in a month is absolutely absurd. Teams like Cremonese scored a, scored a goal today against Milan, you know, like everybody scores a goal. It's unbelievable. And it's funny because, like, you know, we talk about, like, you know, with all the money that they spent, obviously they're going to continue to spend more. But there is going to come to a point where, like, they physically can't, you know, there is some loose financial fair play, you know, restrictions yeah. that are in place. And uh, Bowley was trying to get around that by signing all these seven and eight year contracts, which at the time he was playing it like an American, you know, sports owner would, right? You extend the contracts, you amortize the cost over the life of the contract. Mm-hmm. But dude, now like you aren't really, you didn't get anywhere with all those players. You have a lot of, you know, I don't, I don't call it dead wood because they're actually decent players, but they're guys that yeah. are buried on the bench, not even getting on the bench that should be playing that they're going to have to move on from, but they're on contracts that are unbelievably expensive that you're going to have to pay you're going to get like half the fee that you normally would right because the team is going to look at the team that's buying him is going to look at him be like hey if we're going to pay this guy 120,000 pounds per week when he's really only worth 80,000 pounds like you're footing that bill um, yeah so that it's going to be interesting i mean they'll have another window where they can spend they're always gonna have to buy a striker because that's the biggest thing that they're, they're missing they're still we talk about they're still trotting out raheem sterling as like a false nine in some of these matches which is unbelievable um, so they're going to have to buy a striker. People talking about Osiman or Blahovich or whatever, which seems unlikely in even the best of circumstances. Never mind the predicament that Chelsea have found themselves now where they're 12th in the table. I, I don't know what they're going to do. It, they, they really it's need to find tough. the right manager, which is hard because it sounds like people are saying no to them now, right? Like they're, they're reaching out to managers and the managers are passing. Um, like Nagelsmann, I think passed on them. I think Luis Enrique is passing on them. Um, they are in nearly as dire straits as Everton at this point. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, when you think about how much they've spent, and like you said, they're gonna have to spend more if they want to improve because they really don't have a striker that's that's done anything of any difference making this season. And then you start getting big name managers kind of shying away because they're like, eh, it's not worth the headache at this point. Probably no. I could wait and go elsewhere. Um, it's gonna be very interesting. We talked about them and Spurs last week, and. It's going to be very interesting to see where they go with managers from both ends, right? They went with Potter this year, kind of an up-and-coming type manager. He's doing well with Brighton, and they, you know, got rid of him rather quickly. And I don't know, like, they they both have interesting decisions to make this summer. And, you know, Pochettino or uh, Luis Enrique, they might not be interested in these jobs right now. They might rather hold out for something else, take another year sabbatical or something. I don't know. Listen, if, if Pochettino is here to like snake until he makes it, he signs on with Chelsea. He does eight months. He gets fired. He collects another paycheck. Cause I think he's 
like he, he's constantly getting paid by two clubs, the club that has just fired him. And then the club that's currently employing him. Yeah. And he's gotten that streak going for the last, whatever, four or five years. So I think Chelsea is the perfect next stop for him in that sense where he can come in, put together some decent results at some point. Maybe he gets a few Derby wins and builds up some goodwill. Um, but we, we all know that he's not exactly the guy that's going to be able to run a uh, high priced team. If that makes sense. Right. Like he did better under Tottenham where, you know, his yeah. budget was limited and the expectations matched that budget to an extent. Like for him, it was like, if you win a trophy, even if it was the Carabao cup trophy, like that would have been a successful season where if you're on a PSG and you're spending, you know, millions and millions of yeah. euros on top talent and your expectations win the champions league, or if you go to Chelsea and they're spending, you know, a billion pounds basically. And, and the expectation here is to, to win a, uh, at least a premier league title, if not a champions league. I don't think that works for him. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to be interesting. We'll keep an eye on them. Just had to bring up the poll because it was, it was very uh, telling how many people, a team like of Chelsea status, how far they've fallen this year and put out a tweet basically, is this rock bottom for them? And it's starting to seem that way in terms of the way people are viewing the club with this tough stretch they have to finish out the year. And one of the clubs they just lost to and another one that they will be seeing in that stretch are facing off this weekend. Two clubs trending in the complete opposite direction of Chelsea in terms of their short to near term, uh, near term and really to long term future in three to five years, I'd say are Newcastle yeah. and Arsenal. Um, they're both in the top four. They face off with more on the line for Newcastle as they potentially look to lock up a Champions League qualification for the first time in nearly 20 years. A win would put them nine points clear of fifth with four games to play. So they'd be pretty pretty darn close to locking it up. Uh, do you buy or sell Newcastle taking care of business against a somewhat low-spirited Arsenal? They are coming off the win, but it's been a rough stretch for them. Uh, the title's kind of out of reach now, most likely. So do you buy Newcastle with more to play for at home, takes care of business? Yeah, I think it'd be a great storyline. Um, Newcastle was one of the you know the elites in England and, and you know frequent uh, members of of the European top league, right? Champions League or, or whatever it was called prior to that. Um, so I think it'll be happy in some instances to see that club back in. Obviously, like the circumstances that got them there isn't like the most savory, um, but I think even like the biggest cynics can kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for a club that has largely been there in the past and, and does somewhat deserve it more so than like a club like city who came from relative obscurity to, to the positions that they're in now. So um, I, I do buy it. I think they can get that result, especially because they are at home um, arsenal, you know, the, the title is not technically like out of their reach at this point, yeah. but they are whatever they're going to be a point back or something like that with, with um, city having a game in hand. So um, and city's schedule at this point looks pretty bad, like pretty easy, right? Like it's all teams in like the bottom five or something like that. So, um, you know, it, the motivation is definitely all there for Newcastle and, and, and getting that, that nice lead. I mean, even if they get a draw out of this, I'm sure they're still going to be a heavy favorite to finish in the top four, but the yeah. win doing it at home, you can kind of have almost like a celebration at that point. I buy it. It, it. Their their form has been pretty solid. They just beat Southampton 3-1. They beat Everton 4-1 before that. They beat Tottenham 6-1, which is the one that we all uh, talked about when that happened. Um, so they're definitely in the right vein of form in, in terms of both goal scoring and defending. Uh, so I think they get it done. Yeah, and if just looking at, at lines, if you're looking at this from a betting standpoint, um, Newcastle plus 150, Arsenal plus 165, the draw lines plus 265, and the draw no bet if you think either team could get at least a point and not lose the match and you, you, you get your push minus 125 for Newcastle minus 105 for Arsenal. So the value is certainly there. 
Uh, the books are expecting at least three goals because that, that's at minus 165 over two and a half. So maybe the book's looking at a 2-1 win um, based on the lines we're seeing here. It's just a matter of picking who you like a little bit better and and riding with it. And I, I do like Newcastle at home to get a, a result. I'll buy that with you. Um, wouldn't shock me if Arsenal goes and wins at, at, uh, at St. James, but it also would not surprise me at all to see Newcastle win because they've, they've been playing very well overall yeah. this season. They've, it should be a good game for neutrals too, right? Like even if yeah. you're not a fan of either of these clubs, like it, it should be a high scoring. It should be back and forth. Like, I don't think it's going to be a game where one team has, you know, 65, 70% possession. I expect it to be very much a, a back and forth and, you know, again, Newcastle has all the motivation in the world. And I don't think this Arsenal team is necessarily going to give up. Um, So it it should be an up and down game. Like I I could see it being one of those games where it, it, you know, one team scores, the next team equalizes and the other team scores again, equalizes back and forth, something like that. Yeah. I don't think either team will be like trying to play this tight to try to get a late goal and win one, nothing because like they're, they're fighting relegation or they're so tight in a race. Like I think they're both going to play fairly open uh city plays before this match they play on saturday so maybe if and this would take a miracle leads pull something off city then arsenal's motivation goes up a little bit and arsenal's gonna be motivated because it's still gonna be within a point with that game in hand so they still got plenty to play for but i do think neither team's gonna play scared and, and sit back it's not their style i think both will go for it i think we'll get a good good match and i think uh at home maybe new newcastle just has just enough to at least get a result out of it yeah 100 percent all right, so the other end of the spectrum is our relegation battle deluxe. This is Nottingham Forest and Southampton. Forest is on 30 points right now, basically tied with Leeds and Leicester for the last relegation spot, but behind on goal differential. Southampton is really in trouble on 24 points. They're six off of safety. And uh, so, big one. Do you buy or sell Forest clinging on to a second season of the Premier League after a near disastrous season full of transfers and disappointments, Scott? Yeah, it is kind of crazy to think that we are here where Forrest have that possibility of getting a second shot at the at the Premier League next year. Um, you know, there was a lot said at the beginning of the season about, you know, just how many players they're bringing in. It didn't really seem like they had any sort of real high-level plan. It was just kind of spending the, the Premier League money to, you know, bolster their ranks, but no real direction in what they were trying to achieve. And their performance has kind of reflected that, right? Like they brought in a bunch of these guys that sat on the bench or they got integrated in, you know, the worst kind of ways and they didn't perform. Um, But yeah, if if they can beat this even worse Southampton side, get three points with whatever four games left to play, I think things look pretty good for them. Um, You know, the other teams that are below them have pretty difficult schedules. You know, they're they're playing against some of the teams in the top four, top five. So you you don't have to really worry about those guys running the table and, and, snagging you know seven eight points in these last few matches um so you have to give give them some some decent chance there uh do i think they can win you know not the best form um they just lost to brentford they do have a win on on brighton which is kind of an aberration in their schedule but that's really the their only win in april so um it would be a little bit against the run of form in the way that they've been playing in at least the last five or six weeks but uh the good news is like southampton has been way worse. So um, at home certainly gives them a little bit of an edge there. You know, that it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Cause if you remember last year, like even with Everton, you know, these home matches where it's down to the wire and a win here could almost guarantee safety. Like those atmospheres are almost better than some of these title race. Atmospheres. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
relegation is so big for a club financially, prestige-wise. Everybody wants to win a title, but nobody wants to get relegated, right? Yeah. I mean, that is the ultimate issue. Like, we we, we were talking beforehand about S- Sunderland, right? They ended up falling away, all the way to League One after they got relegated. So it can really wreak havoc on a club. Um, I just read uh, a, a great book called The Club, and it's about the formation of the Premier League and, and all the money from television rights that came in and how basically everybody from 1 to 20 has money now because of it. But once you go down... It's difficult. Um, you know, there's still money, but definitely not to the Premier League level. And I always find it interesting to look at the 538 computer pro- projections when we get this close to the end of the season and it's kind of seeing where the computer models see these teams like getting points or not getting points late in the season. And in terms of relegation, Southampton, 98% chance of getting relegated, which basically we see that in the table already. But when you look at the other four clubs that are really fighting it, which are Everton, Leeds, Forest, and Leicester, um, they're projecting Everton and Leeds uh, ahead of Forest to go down by just a little bit of a percentage so and this is the strength this could of schedule go, yeah this could go a long way for forest with uh a, a win here i mean nobody has a better matchup than southampton in any given week right now and, and you have it here and you got to take care of business is what it comes down to yeah and, and the only people outside of maybe southampton that are going to be rooting as hard as southampton fans are going to be everton fans because yes. if if nottingham gets these three points here you know Everton's schedule they have they're at Brighton this weekend and then after that they're playing hosts to Man City and again at a time where Man City hasn't clinched anything so um, I don't know that they get any points from that you're looking at a four-point potential deficit even if Forest don't get anything in those next few weeks going to the last two weeks of the season meaning you have to win your last two games if you really want to have a chance of escaping that is not where they want to be so I can guarantee you Everton fans are going to be pulling for Southampton in this one just to try to keep their their hopes alive because you know you talk about a team like Sunderland that goes down and then keeps going down like that's really what Everton are are looking at if if they can't escape relegation yet again in this season. Yeah, when we're talking about the relegation I'll just roll around for move to Serie A. You got Leeds is at City, so you know that favors Forest. You've got Leicester at Fulham, not an easy match for Leicester. You know, Fulham's not the Fulham same. Didn't look great Beach, today, but yeah, they're, not, they're not the same without Mitrovic. They're they're kind of mid-table. They're not going up. They're not going down. So they don't have a lot to play for. So maybe Leicester can get the result they need there. I mean, you look next week, Leicester's playing Liverpool. So that's a tough match for them. Um, Southampton, Fulham. Fulham's going to have a lot to say in this relegation battle. The Chelsea-Forest match that we referenced earlier. You said Everton City. Leeds is playing Newcastle. So these teams have tough schedules. There's not a lot of like head-to-heads here. That's why three um, points then, is worth so yeah. much. Like if you get three points, huge. Yeah. Just to continue to the last two weeks real quick, you have Leeds West Ham, which West Ham probably is feeling pretty good about themselves. Everton's playing Wolves. Uh, Leicester's at Newcastle and Forrest hosts Arsenal. So again, if Arsenal's still in the title race at that point, Forrest, this is like the one they have to win. Um, and then they close with Crystal Palace, the Jekyll and Hyde team of the league. Um, Southampton will probably be done by then. They play Liverpool. Leicester plays West Ham. And Leeds play Spurs. So a lot of tough matches for these relegation sides. So I just wanted to point that out because that really just shows how important this match is for, for Forrest. And I think it's a must win. I think at plus 105, there's pretty good value there on them and from a betting standpoint. And you know what? I think you put your money there. Not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying go crazy, but I think that that's a bet you make. And if they don't win at plus 105 at home, shame on them against against Southampton. Yeah. And in one of the matches you mentioned, Everton at Wolverhampton. Wolverhampton, not the best squad, but in their last four matches at the Molyneux at home, they're three and one, including wins over Tottenham and Brentford and 
you know, that Crystal Palace team that's super unpredictable. So, and even Chelsea, right? Like, again, not that Chelsea's great, but decent sides that they're beating at home, Everton are going to have their work cut out for them. And that's going to be after those games against uh, Brighton and City. It could be at a point where they're going into the last week of the season, they're already relegated, which would be horrible for the home atmosphere. Because at least if you have a chance where like, if you get three points and goal differential goes your way, like that crowd can lift your spirits against a Bournemouth team that won't be playing for anything. So certainly ripe for the picking, but man, it's dark times for, for Everton fans right now. So we'll move on from the premier league to Serie A. Serie A, we're going to call this the mega weekend for Serie A because this is pretty much the make or break weekend for the champions league places. By the time you're listening to this, Napoli should have locked up the Scudetto and they're going to at some point anyway, if they don't tomorrow, Thursday, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, they will on the weekend, right? So it's really three spots are wide open. So I'll just read you the table to start out here. We're looking at second place Lazio on 64 points, Juve third place on 63 points, Inter in fourth on 60, Atalanta, Milan and Roma all on 58, just separated by goal differential at this point. I mean, we're talking about six teams battling for three Champions League places separated from first, you know, second in the table, but first Champions League spot available to the last team fighting for it by six points. So six points separating six teams and all of those teams play head to head. I'm just going to pull up the lines real quick. So I have them for you, Scotty. It is two matches on Saturday. We have AC Milan hosting Lazio. Milan is the favorite at minus 110. Lazio not getting much respect at plus 295 on the road. Um, Roma is hosting Inter right after that. Uh, Roma plus 195 at home. Inter plus 140 on the road. And then Sunday, it's Atalanta hosting Juve. Atalanta's plus 130. Um, Juve plus 190 on the road. I mean, do you buy that if any of these teams win these matches, they are kind of in the driver's seat for a Champions League spot? If we get those three that are in the top of the the six, right? You have um, Lazio, Juve, Inter. If those three can get wins, do you buy that the top four race is just done and dusted? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we were talking about last week a little bit where with Lazio's win, they almost feel like a, a, a shoe in now at this point for Champions League. We sent our, our congratula- congratulations text to Nick and made sure to point out that of the three managers between Klopp and Mourinho and Sadi, only Sadi is going to be in Champions League next year unless Mourinho can pull out some Europa League magic. But um, so there will be no uh, anti-Saudi agenda on the podcast this week as Nick is out. Uh, so I'll... Yeah, he was he was just a rail against him today. That, yeah. That's right, yeah. He was... He was M- must have been the win against that. Sassuolo. It has to be the win against <laughs> Sassuolo today that made him yeah. stay away. <laughs> so I think, I mean, if, if, if Lazio beat Milan, and, and I think that's done and dusted, they'll be for sure locked in. Um, Juve, Atalanta, that one's a little bit more interesting. I mean, Juve are still... They're only one point behind Lazio. So again, a win here, I think that would consider it done and dusted. You'll have your top three between Napoli, Lazio, and Juve locked in. I think Juve absolutely can beat Atalanta too. Um, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. Um, So it really kind of comes down to this Inter and and Roma match, right? Like if Atalanta do get some form of result or, or Milan can get a win against Lazio at home and... Roma kind of put up their their brick wall defense and and can frustrate Inter and and Inter drops points here. You know, all of a sudden you have a a, a tie at fourth going into the last whatever five four four weeks of the season. Um so Inter's the only one where even if they do get a win, I don't necessarily think it's completely done and dusted, but 
if all three of those teams get a win, then yes, I would say it's pretty much those four teams, Napoli, Lazio, Juve, Inter are going to be your Champions League four for, for Serie A. Yeah, I, I buy that too. I think if because of the way the matches are lining up where it's the three that have the advantage against the three that are fighting the uh, point difference, I think if the three with the advantage win and, and are all at least five points up with four to play, I think it's a pretty good chance, especially Lazio. They they don't play any other big sides, I think, to close out the season. Um, I think it's uh, Adelante and Inter still have to play each other later in the year. Juve and Milan still have to play each other later in the year. So there's there's chances, but I think if it's at least five, and in, in Juve's case, it could go to as much as eight over these sides, and Lazio could go as much as nine over these sides if all of them drop points. I, I do think that the four the top four would be pretty darn close to locked in. Um, and then if it doesn't all go that way, which is unlikely to happen, we'll probably see a draw somewhere. I mean, it's very unlikely to see three, three straight-up wins when you have matches like this. Um, I think Roma needs the win against Inter. We were talking about in our group text, Roma's my side. So, of course, we're, we're talking about our sides a lot in the group text. And I think after dropping points in three straight now, they need to beat Inter and move ahead if they're going to qualify via the, the league route. Um, and I said, if they don't get the win against Inter, they have to put all their, their, their eggs in those two Europa League matches against Leverkusen and, and hope they can get to the final and win a one-off final like they did last year. I don't see a route through the league for Roma if they lose this match. Even a draw makes it very difficult for them. Um, yeah, because must win you're for them, still I think. you're you're still two behind Inter. You're at least I don't know even if Juve loses, you're still four behind them. But that means um, Atalanta got more points, so they're ahead of you. So it gets very tricky. So I think for Roma, it's got to be a win. For Milan, a draw maybe could be enough for them if Inter also draws, or if you know Inter loses. It, it gets it's it's a lot of math when you go in that direction. But I do think. Going back to the big picture, like you said, those th- top three of the six win, I think it's it's pretty much done and dusted. And just to give the percentages like we did for the Premier League relegation battle, um, 538 right now with their computer projections are giving Lazio 87% chance of qualifying, Juve 79% chance of qualifying, Inter 47, Milan 38, Roma 26, and Adelanto 22% chance of qualifying. So they're, they're giving them a pretty decent spread, especially Lazio and Juve. And it kind of lines up with what you said about Inter. Yeah. That they still have to do a little work, even with a win, probably. Yeah, so I guess maybe the way for me to summarize my thoughts is that uh, a win for either Lazio or Juve, independent of anything else that goes on yes. this weekend, will get them in. Inter need to win and have those two teams, Lazio and Juve, also win. Because Inter's schedule is also pretty difficult, right? They they play yeah. at Napoli, and they yes. also have to host Atalanta. Um so they, they have some some tough results still to 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 go through. Um, I guess Sassuolo at home should be a, a winnable game for them. Torino in the last match of the season isn't a bad one to have in your back pocket if it really comes down to the last week. But um, certainly a, a few heavy hitters still left on the schedule, considering there's really only four weeks left. And when you think about Inter and Milan and Roma um, and even Juve, it's a schedule congestion, a fixture congestion, which could get to them too, which also affects the league. Inter has the the Champions League semifinals with Milan, so those two are playing head-to-head twice, which is they're going to be battles. Um, Inter also has the Copa final against Fiorentina mixed in there, so that's another final for them. And I said this on, on my Rome pod when we were going through the schedules, you never want to not get to a final and not play for a trophy, but, man, it makes it very difficult in the league when you have a calendar like this. Yeah. Um, that's where Lazio has such an advantage, too. They are out of Europe. They've been out of Europe for a while, and... <laughs> 
you nice know, they, little they, subtle dig at Lazio. Yeah, <laughs> they, the conference all league the was teams for in Italy. The only one that doesn't yeah. have anything left to play well, for is Lazio. I don't, I don't <laughs> too, but um, you know, the, the Lazio management just said the, the conference league was for losers when Roma won, but then they crashed out <laughs> in like the round of 16. So go figure. Um, and Atalanta has that advantage too. They they don't have any European fixtures, but Roma and Juve have uh, Europa League. Milan's got Champions League, so the fixture congestion. But for Inter, it's the most and could get to them if they don't get a win this weekend. I think. Yeah. So fourth spot still potentially up for grabs, but yeah. Uh, if if some of those teams below Inter lose this weekend, then it it does kind of save Inter a little bit of headache. Yeah. All right, so I think uh, we covered the, the the big matches in those leagues. So let's go to our hat trick of picks. We'll give ours and we'll give our pod lock and, and Nick's will just have to get posted on the uh, the Patreon page until it hopefully gets him in there. Yeah, and Nick is going to have to personally email everyone that requests for his picks for free. Hit him up at Twitter, at Nick Diani. I will personally guarantee he will write a handwritten email to everybody with his picks. So feel free to hit him up. Hit me up if you need to as well. Um, I will start... My first pick for this weekend, I'm taking Aston Villa money line or plus 145 at Wolverhampton. I did just give that stat Wolverhampton at home. Very good. Um, but if you watched them this weekend against Brighton, they looked very bad. Uh, they lost six, nothing um, did not look like even remotely interested in the match. Um, if that Wolverhampton or even a, a shred of that Wolverhampton show up um, this weekend. I think Aston Villa are primed for a big bounce back uh, week after they had their first uh, shutout or were held to scoreless for the first time in 2023 against Manchester United. So um, I love the Aston Villa line here. I think plus 145 is really good value, but I don't think it's like scary good value, which sometimes we talk about where like the books know something. Um, I think this is just indicative of the run that Wolverhampton have had at home, but I think Aston Villa are, are more than capable of overcoming that. Yeah, I think so. I like, I like that. We, I know we, we liked Villa last week, like plus the half goal and it didn't work out for us, but uh, I, I think they're primed for a bounce back as well. Uh, Wolves is pretty safe at this point. I'm not allowed to play for. Yeah. They're just there. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to being coach worldwide for this. I'm going to go to the Bundesliga. I haven't been there in a while. I did live bet f- Freiburg last week and it paid off for me and this week they are playing a very big head-to-head to the Bundesliga battle for Champions League this is kind of the, the fixture that could decide one of those top four spots it's Freiburg hosting Leipzig um Freiburg's getting no respect from the books at home they're they're big number of money line um after getting thumped by Leipzig in the cup midweek um 5-1 so you kind of say well how are you picking Freiburg against Leipzig well I'm going to go with them plus half a goal at minus 110 at home like I said it's huge in the standings Freiburg is two ahead of Leipzig for the last Champions League spot in Germany really a draw does them really good in that that race so I think um they find a way to get a result at home I'm kind of going to go against uh you know logic that says they just got hammered by this team how are they going to get a result well, I think they they bounce back and I'm going to take them plus half the goal Love it. I love it when Coach Worldwide is back on the menu because that's how you know the picks are due to win. Speaking of winners, I am going to a tried and true pick that worked for me a lot in the first half of the season. Um, It's a matchup that we talked about already. It's going to be Arsenal at Newcastle. I'm taking Arsenal team total over one and a half. It's plus 105. I get it. Arsenal, maybe not the, the highest momentum right now, but the reason why they've been performing poorly it hasn't been their offense it's really been their defense we talked about them blowing 2-0 leads we've talked about them giving up 2-0 leads and then having to come back and get a uh, you know two goals to get that one point outside of their city match which was obviously a, a city show 
Uh, you have to go all the way back to their one nothing win against Leicester City in September, uh, sorry, February 25th um, for a match where they didn't score at least two goals in the league. So as good as Newcastle has been, their defense has been kind of suspect of late anyways. Uh, I think they've conceded a goal in uh, six consecutive matches. So really good opportunity for Arsenal's offense to kind of keep things going. Um, like we said in our, our breakdown of this match, I think it's a back and forth game where you could see this being 3-2 or 2-2 or, or whatever. Um, but I do like Arsenal to get goals in this. I think Martinelli is going to be either huge coming off the bench for them. Um, he didn't start in their, their last game, but uh, just means he has fresh legs. Uh, Sokka has been pretty consistent. Jesus has been back. Now he's back in form. Um, Odegaard's creating lots of opportunities for whoever's playing on the wings. So um, I like the idea here that they're going to get to pretty easily against this Newcastle team. Yeah, and even the match they've been dropping points, they've, they've been scoring. So that's yep. uh, probably a pretty good bet there. Uh, I'm going to go to Monza. Double chance at Torino, minus 125. Monza continues to get results. Uh, they've gone unbeaten in five after drawing Romo 1-1 today. A tough result for my injury-riddled side. That really hurts them in that Champions League race that we discussed. But Monza's been hot. They had wins over Inter and Fiorentina in that stretch. Um, Torino has only one win and a draw in their last five, and those were against Samp. Um, today, they got a win against rele- relegation-bound Samp draw against Laritana. I like Monza to get a result. All you need here is a draw and, and you, you cash. So I think Monza has enough considering the way they've been playing. Yeah. Crazy to say, but I mean, who's hotter than, than Monza right now in the premier league. They're unbeaten in their last, was it five, something like that. Unbeaten in five. Yeah. So wins two wins and a draw against teams that are like top end teams. Not bad. I mean, it, Monza, we kind of were betting against a lot in the beginning of the season and they've certainly turned it around. They're comfortably mid table sing in 10th. So I like the pick. Um, for my last pick, I'm going to stay in Italy. Uh, I'm going with Atalanta versus Juve, both teams to score a little chalkier minus minus one thirty, but there's a reason for that. Uh, both teams to score has hit in Atalanta's five of their last six matches. At the same time, Juve conceded in four straight Serie A matches, which is a little against, I think the narrative that we expect with this Juve team. We, we think yeah. of them as defense first, but they've been pretty leaky in, in the past month or so in, in Serie A. So um, ultimately, if, weirdly enough, I think this comes down to whether or not Juve can hold up their end of the bargain in terms of the scoring department. Um, but uh, I think they have enough there, and, and it's not like Atalanta's defense has been uh, all that impressive this season, uh, allowing close to 40 goals already on the season. So um, should be doable task for Juve. Minus 130, again, not super value here, but I think it's as good of a bet as any in Italy this week. Yeah, um, Juve. I mean, we put in the Patreon midweek picks, right? I, I put it, I threw it out there to you. I said Juve and uh, under three and a half was like minus 125 today. And it, it, it by the barely held team, on three goals, three goals by in the first time. half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so, uh, I stopped watching that one because I was pretty annoyed, but maybe that was the difference. Maybe I don't watch this match and then just let Juve do their thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, my last one, I'm going to go with Napoli against Fiorentina. Both teams to score at minus 135. Fiorentina has been scoring much more in the second half of the season, but also conceding plenty evidence of their 3-3 draw against Salernitana today. Um, their, their two conference league matches against Lech Poznan recently. And meanwhile, Napoli, they should have just enough Scudetto hangover, I think, to concede at least once to Fiorentina. Uh, this could be a fun open affair with neither side having much at stake. So I, I think we could see a scoring draw, Napoli win at home to celebrate their Scudetto. They, they played a 0-0 draw the first time in Florence. I don't see that happening again. I think there's there's goals to come in this one. Yeah, I was really hoping to take Napoli team total over one and a half against Udinese as one of my locks, but then I realized that's a midweek game. Um, yeah, I if anybody Napoli... listens to this before Thursday afternoon, there is some value on Napoli True. tomorrow. 
If you were listening to this and it's Thursday morning, Napoli over one and a half. I think they were like minus 120 is their team total against an Unese defense. That is blah to say the least. And minus 140 money line with a chance to wrap up the Scudetto with a win. And yeah. not that they have to win, but you're going to want to do it with a win. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to the pod lock. Nick's not here, so he has no say in the matter. And because of that, we are going to take Lazio double chance, minus 115. Uh, look, let's call it what it is. This is going to be a very defensive game. Um, I think the under here is is heavily favorited. Um, Milan just escaped a with a 1-1 draw against what I'm going to call a Serie B bound Cremonese side. If we're talking about a game where there's very few goals scored and all you really need is one for Lazio to hit, I think you can be pretty confident that that's going to happen. If this ends as a 0-0 draw, which I can also totally see happening, you're still going to get a cash here. So minus 115 Lazio double chance in a game where goals are at a premium. I think that's as good of a bet as as you'll find with Lazio. Yeah, I like it. Milan, I, I didn't get to watch him today, but they had to score in the 90s third or 96th minute against Cremonese to escape Cremona with a draw. Um, they played Roma on the weekend. It was a 96 minute tying goal after Roma had gone up in the 93rd minute to get a draw. They have not been scoring a lot. They really didn't create much against Roma at all until that, that late goal to, uh, to get the, the point. So to, to score more than, um, you know, Lazio in this one, I don't see it really happening. Yeah. Lazio goal here. I think this is a guaranteed winner. And then even if they don't score, I think you have a, at least a 50, 50 chance at, at pulling this out. Um, also remember we don't have Nick's picks, but if you DM us on Twitter, kicks picks pod, or if you DM Nick at Nick Diani, I personally guarantee he will write his picks out and send them to you. So please hit us up, tweet us, DM us. We'll get those picks over to you. Hand to God. Yeah. And, uh, of course, keep up with our Patreon page. We put some free picks up on there from time to time. We also have our paid picks weekly on there and, uh, a lot of other great content. And again, if you're following us on Twitter, you know, we throw out some free picks on there and we thank you for listening and, uh, we'll catch you guys again next week, hopefully with, uh, some cash in our pockets. <laughs>